You're listening to the Rise and Love podcast, where we believe that you get to have love and success in all areas of your life. Your host, Crystal Iram, will help you understand yourself, your relationships, and what's keeping you from having the love, relationship, and life you really want. Week after week, you'll have your mind blown as you learn from experts and listen in on honest conversations to experience mindset shifts and get practical instruction on how to use your mind to support you in getting everything you desire. We'll get to the heart of the matter when it comes to designing and elevating all aspects of love and life. Here's your host, educator, relationship coach, and lawyer, Crystal Iram. Hello, 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 and welcome. It's Crystal Iram here. If this is your first time with me, I'm Crystal Iram. I am a love and dating coach. Um, I really focus heavily on manifestation and really calling in the kind of relationship that you desire. So if you're new to me, please be sure to subscribe to my channel. I share content on understanding men in the masculine, dating as a high value woman and manifesting love. Okay. Yay. So I actually have a lot to cover. So I'm going to go ahead and get started. What I really want to start by talking about the subconscious and your subconscious plays such an incredibly important role in your manifestation. Okay. This is really going to be sort of the core of manifesting because everything that you are trying to manifest is going to sort of go through that first. So let's break that down. Let's sort of talk about what's happening with that, the role that it's playing and how you can start to shift that so that you're able to actually create more of what you want. For those of you who don't know me and who don't know anything about my story, part of my whole experience that went from completely single as in no one, not in a relationship, to happily married in less than a year. And I now coach and teach my clients to do the same. And it's not about rushing into a relationship. It's not about getting from here to there as fast as possible. It's just that when you are really fully aligned, when you do this deep work around your subconscious, when you're able to make these shifts, things can line up really easily. And whatever it is that you're currently experiencing in your love life, whatever roller coaster you're on, whatever ups and downs you've been experiencing, that can all shift. You can absolutely change that. And this is really a very, very powerful place to start with it. So your love blueprint is really important. Okay. I want you to imagine that you right now, like if you're on a laptop, I want you to imagine that you're on a laptop from 2021. Okay. It's like a brand new laptop. It looks beautiful. But the operating system is like Windows 93, right? Like if you're on a laptop and everything looks good and you think that it should be working perfectly, but you open it up and like the startup is really slow. And then it says Windows 93, you'd be like, oh gosh, this isn't going to work, right? Like there's no way that an operating system from 1993 would work for this. Like you would not be able to watch a YouTube video. Like you would be thrilled if you could even start the thing. Probably doesn't have internet, right? That is sort of how we're operating when we are trying to create a happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship. And we have this old love blueprint. When we have a love blueprint that isn't aligned with what we want, that hasn't been upgraded essentially, right? Like it's as if we're not set mentally and psychologically towards the thing that we want to create. So it'd be the same thing if you're sitting in front of your TV and you have the channel on ESPN. You've got the TV set to ESPN. That's the channel that you're on. And you're like, 
why can I not watch housewives? All I want to watch is some freaking housewives. Why is this so hard? And it's like, it's not that hard. Like it would not be hard for you to watch some housewives, but like you got to put on Bravo and you're sitting here watching ESPN and you're like all day. I've been, I've been watching ESPN. I just want some housewives. Right? It's like there's basketball and then there's football and then there's soccer. I, I've been watching this for hours and hours. Why can I not see some housewives? I want to see some dinner parties. I want to see some rich women doing rich women things. I want to see tables being turned. Right? Why is that not happening? It's just sports. Why is it just sports? Right? It's like you're on the wrong channel. Like you have to change the channel. It's like if you go to IKEA. And you want to build a chair. You've bought this beautiful chair. And you get home and you're like working on building the chair. And you're just like, this doesn't make any sense. And you look more closely at the instructions and you're like, oh, these instructions are not for this chair. These instructions are not for a chair at all. These instructions are actually for a nightstand. Right? Like these instructions are for a nightstand. This is not at all what I want. This is what our love blueprint is doing to us. When you're saying, I want a happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship, but you have a love blueprint that hasn't been upgraded, it's like you're doing that. You're operating on that old operating system. You have, you're tuned to the wrong channel. Your love blueprint is essentially your beliefs, your thoughts, your feelings about men, about love, about dating, and about relationships. And you start to form it from the time you are a baby, like a little tiny baby. And it is primarily in place by the time you're seven years old. The majority of it is in place by the time you're seven. So from zero to seven, it's like this love blueprint is coming together. You are putting your love blueprint together. Okay, so this is really important to understand. Because basically, it's like there's this little girl on high alert within you. Who's running the show and she will run the show until you're like, little baby girl, you can't run the show anymore. And you know, it's really interesting because we put this love blueprint together. We are such little kids, so small, and we are taking in information in this very selfish, self-centered way. And I'm not saying this to poo-poo on children. I'm saying that the way that kids look at the world, they are the center of their own world. And so everything that happens, they think has something to do with them. Right? Like they make everything about them. Oh, my parents are fighting. Maybe it's because of something I did. Dad comes home late from work. It must be because of me. And they have this way of interpreting things that is not per se grounded in reality. Right? It's grounded in this very, very limited view. And I have a, I have a daughter. She's 11 months old. Her name's Eliza. She's like the most delightful human I've ever met in my life. She's so cute and funny. And she's recently gotten very into clapping. Clapping and waving are like her two big skills right now. And she's very into both of them. And when she sees something she's pleased with, she claps. Like she understands when you clap. And so when she sees something she likes, she claps. And she wants everyone else to clap too. She's like, did you see that? Did you see what I just did? You need to clap for me. And it's adorable. It's really, really sweet. And when she sees something she's displeased with, or someone doesn't want to give her something she wants, or anything doesn't go exactly the way Eliza thinks it should go, she flings her head back and she screams, right? And it's really very, very impressive because she can go from clapping 
just sheer delight to flinging back and screaming in a second, right? Like it happens in the same minute often, many, many, many times. She will go from being the happiest baby you've ever seen to on the floor. Now she's 11 months old, but our love blueprint, our subconscious in love works very much like my baby daughter. We all have this within ourselves. And if you don't do the work around it, it operates just like Eliza, where it's like claps when she's pleased, flings her head back screaming when she's displeased. So we're going to refer to this little girl within you as heartbreak baby. Heartbreak baby is basically your love blueprint. And heartbreak baby is like, she's so cute. Like she really is very clever because she came up with all of these ideas. She put together your love blueprint as like this little baby girl. Like she was so smart, right? Like she took in the information that was available to her in the world. And she took that all in and she used it to the best of her ability. And the best of her ability was relatively low. Like she's this little girl. And so her interpretations are off. Like they're off a lot of the time. But she did the best that she could. And it's actually very, very impressive because she put defenses in place to avoid pain. So heartbreak baby would have an experience. And to avoid having that experience again, she would put something in place. For example, heartbreak baby might've had an experience where she was made to feel stupid, where she was going to do something and she was really proud and she thought she was doing the best job. She was just very excited. And someone was like, no, you did that wrong. She felt embarrassed, right? Something happened where like she felt stupid and heartbreak baby with her limited understanding of the world and her limited view was like, Ooh, ow. Oh, that really hurt. I don't want that to happen ever again. And so to make sure that that never happened again, she developed a need to be right. Right. She was like, I looked stupid in this one circumstance and I don't want that ever to happen again. So I'm going to make sure I'm always right. Or maybe there was something where her parents only showed her love, performed. And she got all love and she's like, okay, I'm going to make sure that I get love. I don't want to raise it, not having love. So she just doesn't stop working, right? She's like, I'm going to make sure I achieve no matter what. I am not going to rest. I'm not going to give myself a break. I accept nothing less than perfection. Because that's what made sense. That was like how she thought she'd be able to stay safe. Right? So it's like we all have this within ourselves. Now, the problem is that when heartbreak baby is running the show, right? There's a difference because it's like we all have heartbreak baby because we were all hurt as little kids. It's inevitable. We were all hurt at times. And because of the way we interpreted things, it's just something that happened. But there's a difference when she's a part of you that you can see, you can understand versus when she's the being running things. And the reason that this is a huge problem is because heartbreak baby is deeply, 
deeply repellent to high value and high quality men. Okay. When heartbreak baby is running the show, men have to flee. I'm going to tell you why. Once you imagine that heartbreak baby, she basically carries around a book. Okay. She's got a little book and she like holds on to it. She takes it with her everywhere. And in this book, she keeps track of everything. Okay. She keeps track of everything. She's got lists and lists and lists and all sorts of stories and events and people. Manuals for how things are to be done. Manuals for how people are supposed to behave. She keeps everything in this little book. Now, the book already has a story. So everything that she puts into the book, everything she adds to the book has to fit within her story. She wants to make sure everything fits. That's how she's able to make sense of the world. By making sure everything fits into her book. That it fits into the story that she's already written. It's her love blueprint. So she includes in here things like the way everyone should act. She says, this is what you have to do. This is what I expect from people. If you're a man, this is what you're supposed to do. If you're a friend, this is what you're supposed to do. My mom, this is what she was supposed to do. My dad, this is what he's supposed to do. She says, here's how everyone's supposed to act. That's it. And she's always looking out for misbehavior. I said right here, this is how you're supposed to be acting. I wrote it down. This is my story. It's in my book. These are the rules. She's always looking to see when someone is going to be breaking the rules, when they're misbehaving, when they're not fitting into the book. She keeps track of every good thing that happens. And she keeps track of every bad thing that happens. She writes it all down in her book. But it all has to fit into the story she's already written. So when something doesn't fit in with the story, there's a couple of things that could happen. She doesn't believe it. She's like, well, this doesn't make any sense. This doesn't fit in with the story. So this didn't happen. Right? And it's like overlooked. Like it's just like this doesn't fit in the story. This doesn't make sense. It's not relevant to my experience. It doesn't make sense. I don't even get it. Right? This is like, maybe you've had this happen, or maybe you've said this to someone else, where it's like, you're not even counting all of the good things that I've done. You're not even counting all of these positive experiences. Right? Like, have you ever experienced that, where it's like someone is dismissing some aspect of your relationship or something that's transpired between you, and you're just like, how are you forgetting about these major things? Why are you just leaving all of this stuff out? Right? It's like, it's not fitting into Heartbreak Baby's book. She's like, I, it didn't make sense. That's why I left it out. The other thing that can happen is that she goes ahead and puts it in the book, but the way that it takes place does not fit in. And so the event happens, and her interpretation of it is just very, very different, maybe than anyone else's. Right? She may have had like such a different interpretation. You're like, wait a minute. Four people went through the exact same experience and they all have very, very different interpretations of what happened. Because each person is trying to make sure that their understanding and their version of events fits into the story that they've already written. So 
If we're always looking for signs to make sure that everything fits in with our overarching story and sort of the theme of the story, it can really get very interesting. Because the story, the story could be something like, I'm unlovable. I will always be abandoned. I'm always going to be the last priority. I have to work really hard for love. Maybe other people can just have love, but I have to work really hard for love. It does not come easy to me. Men are not to be trusted. I cannot trust myself. I have to do everything on my own. It is not safe to have love, right? Like these are all examples of some of the stories that Heartbreak Baby might have written. And then she's got this whole book and all of the stories are fitting into that. And it's like, she insists it's nonfiction. She's like, no, this is the truth. I've been writing it all down. It's all here. You can see this is real. She is sure that it is the absolute truth. She like, she would fight to insist to prove to you that that is the truth. She's like, no, it's nonfiction. This is, this is a real story. And other people are looking it up and being like, wait a minute, I was here for that. That's not exactly how it happened. She's like, no, this is it. This is really the truth. She has to put everything through the interpretation of the overall story. And she becomes very, very committed to having stories that fit into the overall story. She becomes very committed to being around people and experiences that fit into the story. So, for example, one of the stories that my heartbreak baby had was that people are unavailable. Men are unavailable. I'm unlovable. Those were the stories that I had. And I told those stories so repeatedly and that became true. So here's something that happens. Women will say, oh, I only attract guys that are unavailable. I probably would have said that. I only attract unavailable men. It's not my fault, right? Like I can't help it that I only attract men who are unavailable. Like I would love to have someone available. I'd love to have a happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship. Like I would love that. I cannot help that I'm only meeting men that are unavailable. But that wasn't true. The truth was I met all sorts of men and you probably do too. I met all sorts of men. I met men that were available. I met men that were unavailable. I met men that were all across the spectrum. We meet people who are all across the spectrum. And it's just that the ones who don't fit into your story, they don't fit into your story. So you let them go. I met guys that were absolutely wild about me. They thought I was the most beautiful, the most brilliant, the smartest, the sweetest, most loving, most sexy woman in the world. And they were fully available, fully available. They did not fit into my story. To me, it was like they didn't exist. They couldn't even register for me in a deep way. Like I could see them and be like, objectively, this is a handsome, successful, kind, fun man. There's nothing there though. He didn't fit into my story. Right? Like these guys, they didn't fit into my story. Heartbreak baby was like, well, I have written here exactly how men are supposed to act. And this one, he keeps showing up. He keeps coming. He keeps calling when he says he's going to. And that's just not, that's not how men act. I don't, this doesn't fit the story. We got to let him go. And I was like, yeah, a hundred percent. You're right. You know, it was nice getting to know you, but like, I really don't think it's going to work out. Right. And then I'd spend the next three years hung up on someone who didn't want me. And Heartbreak Baby's like, yeah, okay, this is right. Everything's, everything's right again, because now I understand. 
And it's really very challenging because we get into these patterns that don't ultimately feel good, but they are familiar. Most women are allowing heartbreak baby, this very triggered little girl within them, to run their lives and run their love lives. And then they wonder why they don't have what they want. You know, but it's like, if there was a seven-year-old making all of your decisions for you, what do you think your life is going to look like? <laughs> Probably pretty chaotic, right? But that's sort of what we're doing. And the thing is, is like heartbreak baby becomes part of our ego, right? Like she's part of our ego. And what do we know about our ego? We know that our ego does not want to be diminished. Our ego does not want to be made small. It doesn't want to be disregarded. It does not want to lose even a smidge of power or authority or credibility. So even a hint, even a hint that the story might not be the whole story, that the story might not be fully right, even a hint of it leads to panic. It's like alarm bells. It's like fear and panic, fear and panic, fear and panic. Like our nervous system becomes completely dysregulated. We're like, what is happening? This doesn't fit into my story. I don't know where I am. It's like when Eliza flings herself to the floor and starts screaming, like that's what we're doing internally. Because heartbreak baby is like, I will not be diminished. I'm not going anywhere. You cannot get rid of me. I'm part of your ego. I'm part of you. Right? So a heartbreak baby is very terrified of having her stories questioned, of having any of that narrative changed at all. And she's terrified of rejection. And she's terrified of rejection because it threatens the three areas of core wounding that she essentially is wanting to protect. Now, everyone has their own unique stories, their own love blueprint, and there's certain stories and certain wounding that are more universal. Okay. And so the core wounding, the three things are around love, around security and self-esteem, but there's intensity around all of that. There's intensity around rejection. There's intensity around the questions, uh, around the stories being questioned because there's this commitment to keep telling it like it is to stay aligned with the story that's already there to keep up with the book that's already been written. Because that is how it keeps existing. And no part of our ego wants to be dis- diminished. That's heartbreak baby, right? And for most women, heartbreak baby is really running the show. It's a lot of drama, a lot of sort of theatrics, because you basically got this little, very easily triggered seven-year-old girl. So we've got heartbreak baby. And that's what most of us are going to default to, right? Because heartbreak baby is essentially our subconscious and our unconscious. That's like our love blueprint. Her book is our love blueprint. So that's what most of us are going to default to. That's where we're going to sort of go naturally. That if something happens, even if it's good, but it doesn't fit into the stories you've been telling yourself, you won't believe them to be true. hundred percent. That's crazy, right? It's like something good happens and we're like, oh, I've always wanted this. And we'll find ways to not believe it or to sabotage it or to push it away somehow because it doesn't fit. And here's the thing. When something doesn't fit into the book, if there's a story that just doesn't fit, trying to get it to fit threatens heartbreak baby's sense of safety. 
at a core level, she will feel unsafe when you are trying to just force in a new story that doesn't fit and experience a person. That's why we don't. We just sort of let it, like we let it be. So that's what most of us are defaulting to subconsciously. But naturally, there's a better way. And that is by really harnessing the power of your inner love queen. That's how we're going to call her. So we've got heartbreak baby over here. I'll throw a book. And then we've got your love queen. So the queen is the highest, the best, the most evolved, the most conscious, the most loving version of you. This is the version of you that is very tapped into your own soul to source to your intuition. You can refer to it however you want, but this is that version of you that is very easily able to tap into and know the truth, the truth of who she is, the truth of how the world operates, the truth of how she gets to show up. The love queen is very different than heartbreak baby. And even when you are tapped into the queen, it doesn't mean that heartbreak baby has to be gone forever. It means that rather than heartbreak baby running the show, the queen is running the show. Right? And like, what a different vibe. Because while heartbreak baby has expectations, right? She's got rules. She says, this is how you're supposed to act. I already wrote it down. This is how men act. This is how boyfriends act. This is how guys that like me act, right? Got rules. She's got expectations. The queen doesn't have expectations and she definitely does not have expectations of strangers. So that means when she goes on a date with someone that she's never met before, she does not have expectations. She does not say, I expect you to do this. This is our first date, yes, but you have to do this. You have to behave a certain way. That's what Heartbreak Baby says. And, you know, here's the thing. It's like, I'm talking about Heartbreak Baby and I'm using the Heartbreak Baby voice, but it's like, she's coming through you. So it would be so much easier if, like, she just used that voice and was like, I'm really mad. This person didn't do what I want, but, like, she doesn't sound like that. She sounds like, well, I guess it's his loss. Clearly, he just doesn't deserve me. There are no men on my level. If he weren't so intimidated by a successful, beautiful woman, this wouldn't even be a problem. Right? And so like you think that it's coming from an adult, but really it's heartbreak baby being like, yeah, tell him. Tell him that he's wrong because he didn't follow the rules. Right? And it's like, you think you're talking to an adult, but no, you're talking to the wounded little baby girl. So... While Heartbreak Baby has expectations, the queen does not have expectations. She is like, people are who they are. I have no expectations, certainly not from strangers, but what she does have are standards. And her standards are high. Expectation versus a standard is that an expectation is basically saying, you, person that I may or may not have a relationship with at this point, I expect you to behave in this particular way. And if you're not behaving in this particular way, you need to. I need you to act the way that I want you to act, okay? This thing that you're doing, this you living your own life, not according to my specifications, that's not working for me. I'm going to need you to just go ahead and follow my rule book here. Whereas the queen says, I know who I am. I know what I desire. I know what I'm worthy of. And everyone is free to be exactly who they are. And I'm going to find someone who's more aligned with me. 
If you are unable or don't desire to provide, it's a totally different energy. It's not you be different and fit into what I want. It's I know what I want and deserve, and I'm willing to keep looking. Heartbreak baby is always looking out for misbehavior. She is expecting people to mess things up, to do things wrong, to not follow her rules. And that's how she's approaching dating. She's basically just saying like, wait until he messes up. I know he's going to. And she's just looking for a slip up. You know, she's the one who's like, she's like, I'm going to check his phone. And I know there's something in there. Whereas the queen is always just gathering information. When she's dating, she's gathering information. She says, I'm going to keep gathering information. When I have enough information, I'll make a decision about whether I'm going to continue seeing this person or whether I'm not going to continue seeing this person. That's it. It's all just information. I've gathered some information about this person. It's not aligned with what I want. So I'm going to move on. It's not like, oh, I knew he was going to mess up. I knew I was going to find something on his phone. We're just gathering information. Heartbreak baby has a high, sometimes impenetrable walls. Okay. And she holds it out like a badge of honor. This is really, really a big one for a lot of women because we do hold it out like a badge of honor, right? Like, well, I guess I'm just kind of guarded. You know, I've been hurt before, so I just have my walls up. And it's just like, stop using that as a badge of honor. Like, it does not make you special that you've been hurt before. Like, every person has been hurt before. People get hurt. People are hurt. And you holding out your past pain as a badge of honor as if like, oh, I'm special because I've been hurt. You're just showing your wounds. Like, you're just showing your wounding. And that's not what makes you special. Okay. So while she has these very high walls, she's like, I'm going to keep everybody out. I'm going to watch from up here in the guard tower. The queen doesn't do that. She has just got firm and clear boundaries. So the difference between a wall or having your guard up and boundaries, a wall is like, well, until you prove yourself to me, I'm not really going to trust you. Until you prove that you're worth trusting, I'm not going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to be pretty suspicious of you because I don't trust anyone. Oh, you like me? You don't even know me. So you're clearly full of shit. I don't trust you. Right? That's like the person saying, I want to get to know you. How can I spend more time with you? And you're like, I don't believe it. Right? Basically, because you're not believing that someone really wants to know you. Like you're not believing that it's safe to trust that someone could care about you, that someone could want to be close to you. And it's just being defensive, right? Like you're just protecting, doing everything you can to prevent getting hurt. But you may be keeping that out and you're keeping out the hurt, but you're also keeping out the thing that you want. So it's like, you've got your wall and the hurts out here on the other side of the wall, but the love and the intimacy and the relationship, they're out here also. The connection and the closeness and the fun, the love with your person, it's all out here also. So while Heartbreak Baby is building these super high walls, the queen, she doesn't do that. She doesn't have a need for a wall. She It's just creating very firm and clear boundaries. And so that looks like if something happens, 
I will do this. If this person lies to me, I will leave. If this person speaks to me in a way that is disrespectful, I will leave. If this person flakes on me, I will not go out with him again. It's not that there's no chance given. It's that it's very clear about what I will and will not stand for. This is what I will stand for. This is what I will not stand for. But her standing or not standing for something is always within her control because she's always willing to walk away. She's always willing to say, this does not meet my standards. You've crossed a boundary. Therefore, I'm removing myself from the situation. It's not about saying you now need to be different. You need to change everything about you. You have to do something different. No, it's about saying I take responsibility for who I am, for what I desire, for what I'm creating. And this is not aligned. Therefore, I'm removing myself from the situation. Heartbreak Baby is very much focused on the past, right? This happened in the past. I don't want it to happen again. So I'm going to make sure I act in a certain way. This thing happened in the past and it was terrible. It was painful. It really hurt. I want to make sure that doesn't happen again. It's like very focused on everything that has already happened. You're focused on things that have already happened. You're trying to prevent them from happening again. You're getting hung up on an ex, right? Like, And sometimes, sometimes it's an ex who didn't even treat you that well. And you're like, gosh, this person didn't even treat me that well. But like, I love him. That was my soulmate. That was my twin flame. What if I never feel that way about someone again? What if I'm never as connected with someone again as I was with him? Where it's like, I can only believe in what I've already seen. I cannot imagine anything better than what I've already experienced. And that makes sense, right? When you think about Heartbreak Baby with her book and her rules and her, this is how people act, then obviously she's always going to want to go back to the past. Heartbreak Baby is always, always, always going to want what's familiar over something that's new. She's always going to want the ex more than the new guy. She's like, the ex is already in here. I already put him in here. I already know what he's going to do. He fits in with the story better. She always is going to lean towards the past. Whereas the queen is going to be focused on creation. She is focused on the future. One of my favorite concepts that if you've been in my world for any amount of time, you've definitely heard me speak about is the mirror principle. And the mirror principle, this is so good. It tells us that the world is like a mirror. Okay. So the world is the mirror, meaning like our circumstances, our external circumstances, the way things are happening in the world, it's a mirror. And you, as in your internal world, your thoughts, your feelings, your beliefs, that's the image. You are the image and the world is reflecting your internal world. The world is your mirror. The mirror doesn't smile before you do. If you're looking in the mirror and you're frowning, you expect the mirror to frown back at you. If you're looking in the mirror and you're smiling, you expect the mirror to smile back at you. The mirror doesn't smile before you do. What so many of us do is we say, what I want reflected in my external world is a happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship with an amazing man that I'm so connected with, who adores me and cherishes me and makes me so, so happy, who I have the best connection with, the best time with, who I'm deeply attracted to. But internally, I'm feeling good men don't exist. Men don't want commitment. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not worthy. I'll never get what I want. No matter what I do, it's never enough. I've already tried everything. It didn't work. 
I don't get what I want. Other people get what they want. I don't get what they want. So this is the image you're putting out, all those stories. And then you're saying, how come, how come there's this disconnect? I want this amazing relationship. I don't believe it's possible. Where's there a disconnect? There's no disconnect. It's working perfectly. The mirror doesn't smile before you do. The world is reflecting back to you exactly what you are thinking and feeling and believing. Heartbreak baby is the one telling those stories that don't match up. She's saying, oh, I'm unlovable. I'm never going to get to have what I want. It's so unfair. I do everything and it still doesn't work, right? She's focusing purely on circumstances. And then she looks at her circumstances. So it's like, that's what she's thinking and feeling and believing. And then she looks at her circumstances. See, see, it all matches up. This is exactly what I said. I told you, men don't want commitment. Men are such jerks. Men are emotionally unavailable. The queen is focusing on what she wants to create. And she is able to say, I understand that these are my circumstances, but these are not relevant to what I'm creating. This is what's currently in my reality. I understand that potential is unlimited for me. And I absolutely have the power and control to create whatever I want. And so, although it may not change overnight, next week, even I am willing to do whatever it takes. I am willing to focus on what I desire to create. I'm willing to focus on my vision until that comes into being. Heartbreak baby is repellent. She is repellent. She pushes away Anything doesn't doesn't fit into her story. And most likely, the things that you truly desire, they aren't fitting into the old story. Whereas the queen is magnetic. She draws in the people and experiences that you really desire. Heartbreak baby, she's capricious and she's totally reactive. She's always just reacting to things. Someone's really nice to her and she's like, yay, right? It's like Eliza. And she's like, yay. Something happens that she doesn't like and she's flinging herself on the floor. This is terrible, right? Whereas the queen, she's focused and she's creative. She's able to say, I know what I create. I know what I desire to create. I have a vision. I will make that happen. So when we're talking about your subconscious and we're talking about manifestation, this is the easiest way I can think of to sort of summarize this, which is that transition from heartbreak baby to the queen. Really, who is running the show here? And it's like, There's work to do to uncover what is your heartbreak baby saying? What are the stories that she's telling? What are all those lists that she has written in her little book? And your version of the queen, who is she? What does she stand for? What does she value? What does she hold dear? And what makes her so, so wildly attractive? The kind of man she really wants. So that is the training that I wanted to share for today. But before I finish up, I want to share with you how you can take this work deeper if you so desire. So I am a coach. I am a love coach, manifestation coach, um, a dating coach. And I have several ways that I work with women to really create what they want for themselves. And there's a couple of ways that we can really take this work deeper. So the first way is through my signature course. It's called the School of Manifesting Love. And I'm now enrolling. I'm very excited. So if you're watching this and you're thinking to yourself, I know I want to take this work deeper. I am ready to do this. This is going to be so freaking good. Then great. I want you to join me. There is a link already in the description of this video. This program is an absolute game changer. I have had such tremendous results for my clients with this program over the last several years. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what we cover. So in the first part of the program, we are really, really going to dig into your love blueprint. 
Okay, so everything we have been talking about in this class, Heartbreak Baby and the stories that she's telling in this book that she's written, those first modules, they break down how you're going to shift that. So I really start by helping you uncover all of those stories, how you can excavate that and figure out what your love blueprint even is. And then I take you through a process to upgrade it. So this is really extremely powerful. And that alone would be worth it. Okay. And I mean that very sincerely because, you know, obviously I dedicated a whole training today, just talking about your love blueprint and this important role that your subconscious plays. And so the modules that go into your love blueprint are so powerful. This was perhaps the thing that I struggled with the most because I had a love blueprint that really made me feel like I was not going to be able to get the love that I wanted. I really did not believe that I was lovable. I was not at all attracted to people that were emotionally available and all sorts of stuff going on. And this process that I walk you through in the program is going to really support you in shifting that in a big way. Then we really move into creating clarity around what you want and need. So one of the things that I see with women over and over again is they think they know what they want. They think they know what they need. And then they meet a guy who fits everything that they think they want and need. And they're not happy in the relationship. It's not what they want. It's not giving them the fulfillment, the love, the satisfaction, the joy. It's not giving them what they truly desire. So in the clarity module, we really are going to dig into that. It's really important to get clear on the qualities in someone that will lead to an actual happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship. Often we're focusing just on like what we think would be fun or what we think we should want, sort of based on what other people want or what the world sort of says we should want and the messages that we get. And it's not necessarily what we actually want or need. So I'm going to help you get really clear on that. And I've had people tell me that this section of the program was such a game changer for them. And what a lot of my clients say is basically I wrote my person into existence. Like the clarity that I got from this section of the program made it seem like I wrote my person into existence. Like I got exactly what I wanted. Every single thing I said I was desired and required, I got. So after we go through that clarity, we're really going to dig into moving into alignment. This is like the fun part. This is like the energetics. This is the really shifting into being the woman who has the love that you want and becoming that energetic match for the relationship you desire. So this is really fun and really powerful. Um, and that, you know, is several modules where we really dig into that and look for the ways that you're out of alignment with what you want. And then at the very end is like one of my favorites. And that is really where we dig into understanding men more. And I break down men's stages of development. And the examples that I give are... So good. So, so good. Like I have actual videos in there of men speaking and basically talking about some of the things that are indicative of each stage. And it's just really excited about it. So this program's been running for several years now, and I do add more content to it. And it's just really incredible. So that is sort of the core modules of the School of Manifesting Love. Not only do we have the core modules, but we also have several bonuses. And the bonuses are really really incredible. So one of the bonuses is an energy intensive. And I go through one of the most powerful tools that I know of for really shifting your limiting beliefs and shifting your blocks. 
It's extremely powerful. It's not something I teach. It's not something I've taught outside of my paid programs. And it is an absolute game changer. I also have a really incredible meditation in there. I call it the abundance meditation. It'll really help you tap into the abundance of great men available. Help you tap into the energy of your person so you can call him in faster. I also include a really amazing release meditation. So if you are someone who's been having a hard time letting go of someone from your past, that'll be for you. It'll be really, really good for you. So I hope that you really love this training. I absolutely loved delivering it to you. All right. I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes and be sure to tune in next time to the Rise and Love podcast. 